July 30, 2021. It's the Watt for Pedro Show.
Pedro Show. Happy Friday. Start off the show with John Coltrane with Thelonious Monk doing uh, Mr. Monk's Trinkle Tinkle. Then we had The Suburbs from their brand new record, Found a Place is the tune. And uh, do those uh, Estonian software engineers with their Skype invention I got with me via the internet, brother Chan Pollock. How you doing, Chan? Hey, man. I'm doing pretty darn good. And you're talking to me from Minneapolis, right? I mean, I'm in, uh, no, no, no. I'm in St. Paul, Minnesota. Oh, yeah, the other side of the river. Mm hmm. Grand, Grand Hart side. Yeah, it's important to differentiate between the, the evil Minneapolis and the sweet St. Paul. Yeah, home of the a big basilica. Yeah, yeah, and the St. Paul Saints. That's right. That's And the Turf Club. And the Turf Club. Great pad to work. Yeah, no, it's to be the. I got to tell you, this is the first time I saw you work a room. It was the other mask on Santa Monica Boulevard in West Hollywood. And you were wearing a fucking yellow raincoat. And the pants were made out of, like, laundry cleaner sack, see-through shit. And the (laughs) the back of that fucking coat said, with black electrical tape, had a big cock, and it said hard. (laughs) And you guys were so fucking great. And I think all your shit got ripped off. You were torn in a VW bus. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, Brendan. Remember Brendan? Brendan Mullen. Great cat. Brendan Mullen. Yeah. Yeah. He was trying to help us. We were also stoned. We didn't know what to do. Now, you also had some buddies in Long Beach, right? The Suburban Lawns. The Suburban Lawns. We were staying with them for for a long time. Yeah. Right. Well, those are the days. Yeah. But look. I want to I want to hit people to your music journey. So please bring me your earliest musical recollection. Well, you know that's kind of one of them. We were. Uh, we no, started I'm talking about the, when you were a boy, like in your folks. Oh, parents. oh, when I was a little, little, little yeah. You know, when you, when you talk about uh, your opening show, you know, I was I was really into jazz when I was a kid. I, um, you know, you grow up with the records you got in your house, and my my dad. Um, you know, had a great jazz collection. So um, some of my earliest stuff was you know, that was Miles and and um, you know he was a little squarer than you know than some you know kind of a little more suburban taste. So we had Andre Previn doing Broadway <laughs> you know shows and all that. But um, some well, awesome great music back then. But you know, I got to tell you, when I was about six or seven years old, my brother brought back a 45 single from the Ben Franklin uh, of I Want to Hold Your Hand. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so I can picture that in my mind's eye right now, just holding that little 45. It was brand new. It just came out. So that's how old I am. Okay. And what about the pad you grew up in? Was there musical instruments? Well, you know, it, well, it was... I used to play the piano wherever I ended up. My grandma had a piano. Friends had pianos. And my mom picked up on it pretty quick because she bought me a piano when I was about seven or eight years old. Ah, so you're playing pianos in other people's pads. So she thought, man, I should get one for here. Yeah, exactly. She goes, do you want to have a piano? I said, yeah, I do. Well, Chad, what do you think attracted you to the piano and not the bongos? Say, Say it again. What attracted? What do you think attracted you to the piano, and not something like the bongos or the bass guitar? Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I've, uh, I've, I've never even. I'm 63 years old, and I've never picked 
up another instrument. All I do is play the piano. So that's, uh, that's my age too, it. and I just work bass. It's, some people are singular like that. Yeah, it's just my thing. I don't know what it is. I like I like that it's two hands. You know, I mean, I guess everything's two hands, but I like that it's got all this information in it. Well, French horn. I think you got to stick one hand in the fucking bell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, now. Let- <laughs> so, <laughs> ain't that a trip? <laughs> you know, if Georgie ever saw somebody picking their ass, he'd go hand puppet. You know, that's why I think of when I think of the fucking French horn. But, but, did you have to go through the thing of the lessons, the piano lessons? Yeah, yeah. See, and I was one of those kids that that liked it. You know, I dug. Oh, good, the, good. So it was a yeah. positive experience. It was a positive experience for me. I, 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 matter of fact, I, I kind of arrived at a decision about you know. 12 years old or so, I, what, I said, I want to study jazz. And so I went away from my childhood piano teacher. She was hitting me like all, all of them you do towards Mozart and stuff like that. Yeah. And and so I um, I said, no, I really don't want to do that. I really, you know, what my favorite thing was playing like uh, John Barry soundtracks from James Bond movies and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. And, so she realized that I wasn't going to really quite go on the classical tip. So I ended up studying jazz at the McPhail um, Music School at downtown Minneapolis. Well, let's let's talk about school, like grade school and shit. Were you in the marching band or the choir or shit like that? Well, I think I was in the. I think I, I definitely was. You know, I liked music, whatever courses. I think I was in the choir. Actually, I was hired once. I think it was about. Um, Sixth grade, Michael Johnson, remember Bluer Than Blue? Yeah. He he came and recruited me and a couple of my friends to sing on that album, kind of a boys' choir vibe that he wanted. Yeah. So, yeah, I was a singer, believe it. it, it wouldn't, you can't tell now. but <laughs> No, 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 man. You, when I saw that gig at the Mask, I mean, Beige was singing a lot of them, but you were too. I had yeah. that little seven-inch, you know, the chemistry. I'm into chemistry, and that's about it. And We love that. And Pedro, man, you don't know how we love that fucking record. Oh, great, uh, great. Let, let, let me ask you, what was the first gig you saw? Oh, man. Um, I do remember going to see... Um, uh, um, you know, some classical stuff in school and stuff like that. But, uh, uh, God, I'm trying to think. I remember seeing Randy Newman at the Guthrie Theater. I don't know if you guys know the Guthrie Theater, but that's kind of the, the swanky theater here in the Twin Cities. Um, and Randy Newman was coming through in the 70s, early 70s, doing his solo piano thing. Remember those albums? Sure, sure. Yeah. So I, I remember seeing that. And uh, Van Morrison, um, I saw Van Morrison early on, kind of pre-Moondance or about Moondance era. Um, I saw Chick Corea and I saw Miles when I was in high school down at the Guthrie, too. He was doing, I think he was doing on the corner kind of stuff. Oh wow! Yeah, it was it badass, and um, I like that big swing he had uh, when he had that guy from he, he found at the Apollo, uh, Michael Henderson. About about seven feet tall. Yeah, yeah, and he ended up big a, tall. He ended up a, a disco singer after Miles, but his oh, his oh, lines really? were so. Uh, I think he was playing for Stevie Wonder, and Miles told Stevie, "Look, I'm going to take your bass player," and he did. Uh, what about the shit? Not not after school, like graduate, but in the afternoon. The garage band, basement band, bedroom band. Did you do that? 
Oh yeah, yeah. We had uh, I had we were for some reason you know how every kid kind of has goes through a thing whether it's skateboards or maybe it's yo-yos you know I don't know <laughs> what it is but we were into harmonicas when we were in eighth grade. Okay. And so we all played the blues harmonica, you know, a bunch of white kids in the suburbs. And we, um, but, but I really dug that. We really got into that. And um, you had a harmonica started, band. Well, it wasn't a band, but that was that was our thing. We all yeah. had harmonicas. Yeah. Some, some, you know, my friend Jimmy played the drums, and I played piano and harmonica, and and my buddy Mike played the harmonica. We just carried harmonicas in our pockets. Yeah, <laughs> it was the thing. I remember Don't that band. There was that band called the Harmonicats, and one of those guys had a chromatic one that looked like it weighed twenty pounds. Yeah, Although, yeah. Oh man, and Stevie Wonder's playing the harmonica. Oh yeah, he's great. Chromatic. Yeah, no, I never got that sophisticated, but it was just kind of what what I'm kind of getting at was this. It's that, and you probably know what I'm talking about. It's like the um, '70s kind of uh, like Long John Baldry and stuff oh, like yeah. that, and. Um, where the English blues, where we were getting much more, you know, we had yet to discover the real blues. Yeah. But we were we were getting all this kind of yardbirds. And, yeah, and John Mayall. John Mayall, and yeah, and um, yeah, definitely. I remember, I still to this day will play um, King of Boogie Woogie and the, <laughs> or whatever, you know, that Blind John Baldry song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were really getting into that kind of thing and learning to play those kind of riffs and all that. I want to play uh, after you, school from your new album, You Ruin the World for Me Now. Go right on. In all the world, there's not a world like my world. Beautiful world, beautiful world. Our world, but you're
Pedro show. That was, you ruined my, no, you've ruined the world for me now from the suburbs. Then we had Equations Collective with Cut 3.4, Ron Kapdui Collective out of Vietnam with Infinite, Parallel System Systems 33, Rabbitam Project. I think this is the last one, Eric Hardiman's Project, upstate New York. All, Ali Robertson and Scott Varastro with him. Obama's Prendon, Silver Rock, Skullcaster, Brother Chris Coles, with uh, Crypto. Cryptophagus Actangulus. God damn, why do people fucking name their songs and shit? Idiot, <laughs> what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, people. A Bronze Age uh, UFO with uh, now the B side of the, the latest release on a cassette. Uh, uh, Lagoon Monster Rubber Mask. And finally, from the new album, Suburbs, All the Things I'll Do to You. Okay, so uh, this harmonica band, uh, did you end up doing any original composition? Well, you know, my first band was when I was 15, and by that time I was, we graduated into Ma Vishnu Orchestra. <laughs> I saw that Birds of Fire tour. Yeah. What, you know, we just that lost that. We you saw that? I saw Birds of Fire tour of them, and, and, and last week we lost the bass man, Rick Laird. Oh, holy shit. But I saw uh, I saw John Hammer on the keyboard and uh, John McLaughlin and Billy Cobham, Rick Laird, and Jerry Good. Did it blow your mind? Uh, you know, it's probably the only fusion band I ever liked. Yeah. Uh, some, some, for some reason, yeah, I feel the same way. For some reason, they weren't, uh, they were different. They were much more organic and, and you know, uh down to earth. I don't know what it was about them. They were real. It felt much more real. Man, I tell you, it was like one arpeggio after another. It's like a fucking yeah. mind blowing. Like they were all on lead guitar. It was, yeah. but but not like yeah. a funky uh, talk show band playing in between the guests, you know, with the wee 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 wee, you know, different, different, different. And, and it didn't yeah, last it was, long. I think that lineup only lasted like a year and a half. Right, right. No, that was the only kind of, for some reason, that was the only, I remember seeing, going to see Return to Forever, <clears throat> and this not getting quite transported the way I did. I think probably because McLaughlin really was steeped in Indian raga music, you know? Yeah. And he was, he was trying to, he was trying to get that transcendent thing going that, that he was getting from the Indian music. Yeah, he was playing a twelve-string electric guitar through a fuzz tone. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was really. He, he went. He went. I don't think he was trying to show off. I think he was trying. No, to... I think he was. It was just part of the sounds, you know. Because yeah. in the way they had the violin doing all that unison stuff, he didn't really have to worry about you know being Jimmy. I, I, I learned yeah. that. Uh, I learned that he was actually a session man before that band. Ooh, McLaughlin. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he played on um, uh, Bitches Brew. Oh, yeah. Well, fuck, there's a song called John McLaughlin. <laughs> yeah, Miles right. Davis right. writes a song with your name on it. <laughs> yeah, awesome. So, so what, about this, what, about this, what about this band you got, Chan, when you're 15 years old? They're, they're a Mahavishnu Orchestra band? Well, we we were super influenced by that. And if I, I can't play anything, then I don't know where that is, but... Um, 
the um, the guitar player uh, and I were really influenced by that kind of uh, you know super fast unison kind of stuff. But um, so that was when I was fifteen. I got to tell you that guitar player is, uh, is John King, who ended up in uh, in New York working with um, uh, working with Merce Cunningham, oh. and. Uh, and doing, uh, and, you know, and doing John Cage, super, you know, classic avant-garde stuff. And to this day, he's still doing that. That's bitching. Okay. Yeah. And so, how old were you when Suburbs started? I started Suburbs when I was, it came back from Cal Ars. I was living in. That's right. You know, That's in, right. Somebody told me the story. Yeah, you, were, you went to school at Cal Arts here in Cali. Yeah, I went to, I was living up in Valencia. Actually, I was, ended up down in um, uh, L.A. Uh, towards the end. But um, I came home, and, and we would go, at the, in those days, we'd go out and see the weirdos, and we'd see, the um, you know, the screamers. Screamers, right, at the whiskey, yeah. at the mask, yeah. Yeah, at the mask. And so um, that's where we'd go out and, and I remember, you know, bumping into Rodney Bingenheimer and seeing Joan Jett at parties and stuff like that. That was kind of the era when I was hanging in L.A. And, and you mentioned Brendan Mullen, who, you know, started and the Yeah, I met yeah. Brendan and all those guys, too. So we, I went back to my hometown, and I met up with a Chris Osgood from Suicide Commandos. Um, oh, yeah. Chris and I were, were old buddies. And I said, I want to make this kind of music. That's because it was all new then, you know. Right, right. And uh, I said, I want to. This is the kind of music I want to do. And um, he said, Well, here's some guys, and we we got together, and I think I was about eighteen, nineteen years old at that point. We started the suburbs. And how'd you meet the other cats? Well, through Osgood. He just, oh, he okay. Just, so he knew he you know, I'd been, a, I'd been away from Yeah, you've been away. Right, right. Okay, I understand. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and what was it? Like just one big jam and like, we got it? Let's do it? It was. It really was. A, it really, you know, hit it off. We hit it off. We felt a lot the same. Um, You know, I ended up getting more into songwriting but for a while there was just like like you say you know chemistry said how how <laughs> <laughs> I, I just went one chord yeah. and I went one lyric <laughs> that's about it actually you're saying yeah. it you know you're you're, you're you're buyer beware you know caveat emptor uh, but can you remember the first suburbs gig um well, it's a, that's kind of an interesting story too, because um, in in the Twin Cities there were no clubs like the Mask or anything like that, um, or CBGBs or something like that. We we had bars where people would go and they'd want to hear cover songs. You know, they want if, if there was a live band, if you weren't playing the Rolling Stones or Journey or something, then you know that that didn't exist. You know, there was no original music, so. Uh, we we tried to convince Hartley Frank up down at the Longhorn, which was just a, was actually I used to go there to see jazz, um, and he said no no no, 
we we don't do original music. No one does original music. So, you know, you can't sell any tickets. No one will come. And so we started throwing our own parties down in our rehearsal studio and drawing more people to our parties than he ever had in his fucking club, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and so... And this is this sounds like I'm making this up, but this is a true. It's a apocryphal. <laughs> uh, it's a bit of apocrypha. It's um, Hartley Frank. I'm taking money at the door of our studio. There's a big warehouse, and we've got like two, three hundred kids down there, and I'm taking. We just charge a dollar for the keg. So we'd make more money back then than we'd ever make, you know, for years. <laughs> but so I'm taking money at the bottom of the stairs for going into our basement warehouse. And Hartley Frank comes up and gives me a buck and he goes, I'm here to check out the competition. <laughs> and he went and he hung out and saw the bands and we had the hipsters and we had I, I don't know if the replacements were there that night, but but at that time we they were we used to you know they were kind of kids just coming up and um, we had uh, and Hartley looked around the room and saw that he had with a couple hundred kids down there and he hired us and asked us to come play his club. <laughs> <laughs> True story. I believe it. I believe it. Chairman, we're at the we're at the fucking. And hour one, July 30, 2021. Just watch Peter for special guest Chan Pauling. Hold tight for hour two. July 30, 2021. Second hour of the Watt for Pedro show. Tell me, come on, tell me. Tell me that I'm dreaming. Tell me this is all a dream. Where are we going, where are we going, where are we going, is it all a dream? Are we gonna be alright? Gotta make it through the night Where are we going, where are we going, where are we going, now we having fun Snowflakes like kisses Close your eyes, hear the run Everything will turn out fine Maybe let your colors burn Maybe when they all return Tell me, come on, tell me Tell me this is all a dream Tell me that I'm dreaming Where are we going, where are we going, where are we going Is it all a dream are we gonna be alright? Gotta make it through the night. Where are we going? Where are we going? Where are we going? Now we're having fun. Snowflakes like kissing. Close your eyes, here they come. Everything will turn out fine.
Hope for Pedro. Show to start off the second hour with the suburbs from their brand new record. A tune called Summertime. And then Victor Timofeev out of Ukraine with Portal of Zin 2. C is for Carbuncle from Lucas Sabella. Eric Slick with Secrets. Calibos 1 through 8. And finally, Buckle My Head, the suburbs. So when you guys came out, and did those gigs. So you're, 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 you're visiting an old friends, right, that you went to college with. It's new for yeah. those guys. Right, yeah. And yeah. it was a nightmare experience, right? Somebody st- breaks into your your bus and steals all the shit. Oh, out, out, that's, you're talking about the mask, yeah. yeah. And Brendan and all that, yeah. Um, well, I don't, you know, my memory is, the Kipper kids opening up and yeah. um, and playing and, and the Go Go's too. Remember That's, that? Oh, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, only one song. Like fuck you, Robert Hilburn. He was the big writer for L.A. Time, LA Times Music. And Georgie, they were Kipper kids was doing some like feeling groovy shit with the flashlights showing their dicks. And and um, Georgie grabbed a uh, there was a lady too, and she had a, a bottle of ketchup, and he pulled it out of her hand, started throwing the ketchup. I, we totally remember that gig, man. It was beautiful. <laughs> and you know, you know the, the the little bit of trivia. Go ahead. Uh, one of the one of the Kipper kids is uh, Bette Midler's Bette Miller, husband. Right, right. Ain't that a trip? Yeah. <laughs> it's a trip. <laughs> Life's a trip. Life's a trip. Well, yeah, yeah. The ketchup is one thing, but um, I remember you know they were wearing uh, plastic. Uh, uh, what do they call that? Kilts, but. Yeah, like loincloth uh, shit. That's loincloth. So they were showing. wearing plastic. Right. Feeling and then crazy. I saw the, I'll, I saw halfway through the show, the front end of the loincloth kind of lifts up, and the guy's pissing, <laughs> pissing on the stage. <laughs> well, man, I was fucked up. I think I was pissing on the deck out in the crowd. I, I, I was pretty barrage. <laughs> but but you guys go back to Minneapolis, you know, and the suburbs find, what what was what, what was the straight thing called? A new wave, right? There was kind of a new wave. Yeah. Success, right? Yeah. Oh, definitely. You want, definitely. To talk about, you want to talk about that? Well, you know, everything kind of started, I don't know, everything kind of started from the blues, I guess, but, you know, we, we were doing kind of a little bit more rock and roll kind of stuff. But then these bands are coming out that were doing like talking heads. And, yeah. Oh, they were, you know, but there was more, uh, a little more pop t- to it, but still alternative, you know, and it's still to me in those days, it was still beautifully avant garde, you know, and, and different, you know, cause we, uh, I don't. You got to imagine that the radio landscape at that point was all fucking shit. Terrible. It was shit. You know, it was just. It, it was. It was depressing. What? What, what, what about bands in many and Twin Cities at that time, like uh, Mo and uh, Time? Um, Maurice well, Day and yeah. the Time and and Prince. Yeah. <clears throat> well, it took it. It took a while for. Uh, you know, for me to open my eyes to the North Minneapolis scene, you know, we, it's a Midwestern city and, and never, you know, ever the twain met too, too much until yeah, right. Prince and all of a sudden Prince was, 
doing this music that was like a blend of you know R&B and rock and um, and new wave and pop and stuff. And all of a sudden, we're, all our eyes opened up and go, what the fuck is this shit? Right, this is so right. great. This is so great. And then, uh, you know, by the end of by the end of the you know by the mid '80s or something, because the whole thing was fast. It was yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, well, 19, dude, really, it was 1977 to 1987, and the whole thing was over. I try to tell people how fast things change in those days. Yeah. It, it, unless you were there, it's hard to imagine because it kind of plateaued yeah. out. Things way slow now, but not in those days. Criminy. No, no, it was, um, it was, it, it was, it was, you know, television and and uh, you know, um, New York Dolls, and then all of a sudden it was punk rock, and then it was Prince, and then the replacements and the grunge, yeah. and then it was all over. Yeah. Take the and then we were of, back into this, you know. Then we were back into the regular kind of rock world. Right. Game. You take the L out of Lover, and it's over. Yeah. <laughs> I want to play Walkout. Yeah, do it.
for Pedro show walk out from the suburbs from their brand new record Owen P. Jones after that with Lynn Song Almar Golis Dobo Abusements with Haircut Co-Ed with Dead and his toy his dream his rest after Barry Man the suburbs so so what ended up having, happening with the suburbs you lost one of your guys right the, one of the guitar men yeah uh, you know like I said the the whole thing was over for us too by 87 right uh bruce bruce that was his he, name. He, he, bruce um you know i i, I don't think it's any surprise or, or secret that his his um his bad habits did him in um and uh and then we lost the bass player to, to, to you know the arthritis and kind of aging kind of things um and then uh, and Beej and I had our parting of the ways, you know how buddies do when they, you know, artistic differences we'll call it. And um, and so yeah, when we were we were done, and I got uh, I was uh, and I'd been divorced and all that stuff, and it, it just was a whole new era for me uh, in the I guess the nineties. The nineties was kind of a a hole for. For me, I was trying to, I, I thought, 
I could write pop music or radio music, and I realized that was a dead end. Um, you know, as a songwriter, you go, "How no, my buddy's got a hit. How come I can't have a hit?" <laughs> right, right. But then and, you, um, you you you, st- you you get into something called the new standards. Well, um, I think first of all, my first of all, I kind of got into I started working with the Theater de la Jeune Lune, which is this Parisian. They came from Paris and they were located in the Twin Cities, and they were a theater group. Um, so I started doing scores for them because um, I started. If you go way back to the beginning, I was at, I was at Cal Arts studying um, composition and stuff like that. So I had. I had those chops, uh, and I had my, you know, uh, my arrangement chops and all that. So I started doing big, bigger, you know, kind of outside the realm of rock and roll, and doing theater scores for Jun Loon, um, and that really blew my mind. I'm still doing that to this day. I, I, it's one of my favorite parts of my life is doing musical theater and doing music, you know, scores for theater and stuff like that. But, um, but then I ended up, uh, hooking up with John Munson from, remember a band called Trip Shakespeare? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Actually yeah. very popular for a little bit. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then he was with Semisonic, which I think sold 5 million records over their career. So they very, you know, had a big hit, uh, it's closing time and stuff like that. What, there was like and two he, brothers? can't remember there say that again there was two brothers in the band or something or yeah yeah the wilson yeah. brother dan and right right dan right. and matt wilson so john and i were buddies and we hooked up just jamming together and realized you know i'd always written my own stuff and i'd always been like composing my own music but and i never really explored other i never was in a cover band um so John and I, this was 10, 15 years ago now, started working on, like, just jamming on tunes, starting with, you know, Dan Hicks and his hot lick. Oh, or, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, we we started playing the London Calling with just acoustic bass and, and, a, and a grand piano, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, and then sticking in Coltrane breaks and just fucking around. And um, then we asked our buddy Steve Rome to join us, who plays as a vibraphone, and he was a big drum uh, guy from, what's that, Texas jazz school that was super Denton? big. Denton, that? there's a big school of music. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and he's a great percussionist and vibraphone player. And so, so we've been doing that for years now, where we take... Uh, our favorite tunes, um, any anything, just absolutely anything, from Curtis Mayfield to Burt Backrack, whatever, whatever the fuck pops in our head, we, we start playing it. All just the three of us, all acoustic, nothing else. Um, it's since grown into strings and horns and things but when that- we for bigger shows. But, the, but that's so why that, that's why you call it the new standards, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
because like you, you're, you're making you're making you know what are standards right that well they're what whatever whoever calls them that. <laughs> yeah but remember when you pick up a jazz record back oh yeah in the big time 60s they were doing a you know their standards were old pop songs that's yeah. right and they would like reinvent them right john coltrane uh chim chim churee uh, favorite things yeah yeah look we're at the end of the second hour july 30 2021 this what peter show special guest Chan Pollen. We'll take for hour three. July 30, 2021. It's the third hour of the Watch Peters.
I was born in the bush near old Alice Springs, as far as you get from the sea. My mother was a fighter, my daddy was too. He never knew a bastard like me. My brothers and sisters are scattered like the wind from the desert and the hills to the sea. Much too young, many die, but I have survived. So lucky, a bastard like me. So lucky, a bastard like me. I have survived a hell of a ride. Nobody knows a bastard like me. Call me a stray, a dog every day. Call me a mongrel half breed. Now mongrels are strong, so if you take me on, watch out for a bastard like me. For a bastard like me I fight all the way I fight every day You can't stop A bastard like me I've taken my licks I've taken my kicks I am a man of degree I wear the scars I earn them so hard Every day in a lucky country Try and stop a bastard like me. Be. 
Scott for Pedro Show. Start off the third hour. Dear Billionaire from the Suburbs. From their new album. Stephen Ch- Clare. Digging my ditch. Brubaker after that little hammer. A bastard like me from Paul Kelly. I took your name out of Holland with talk equals cheap. Yeah. Well, you know, it's another land. And then finally, Hurricanes. Suburbs. The Suburbs didn't play for a long time. There were some reunion gigs, right? Yeah, we... we uh, we had some reunion gigs in the '90s, and we, you know, we always just kind of showed up once in a while and played. And, and, and honestly, to this day, we probably play ten shows a year or something like that. Wow, that many! Okay, but but tell me about this album because it was a long time before you recorded with each other, right? Um, well, I, you know, Bruce passed away. We lost, but the the, the original lineup disintegrated. Um, right. But it was it was my wife at the time. Eleanor, um, she used to always say, well, how can you don't play these songs? Why don't you play Rattle My Bones? You know, why people love Love is the Law and all this stuff. And why, why is it all over for you? It shouldn't be over. These are great songs. And I said, well, yeah, you know, fuck right. Yeah. <laughs> why am I, you know, I never wanted to like start up the, a new version of the band. Uh, this never is cool, you know, to do that. But over the years, I started, you know, we we had a memorial for Bruce when he passed away. And everybody wanted to, us to play. So, um, you know, we had to replace Bruce. We had to p- replace Michael. And we had to, um, you know, start it up again with kind of new players. And we had so much fun in the packed First Avenue. And um, I just went, I'm going to keep doing this. It's just too great. And... Um, the guy we got to replace Bruce was Stevie Branzig, who plays with Curtis A and plays with had the was with the Phones, which were, were original twin tone band, an incredible player, and then bass player Steve Price is just uh, you know he's awesome, and um, so we and we hit it off, and the people like you know no, there's always the diehard fans that go, well the band will never be the same without Bruce, and et cetera, et cetera. But I guess, you know, it gets reached a point where you go, I just got to play. And I just want to play these songs. I've written them. Um, and then I started writing new songs for the band. And we now this is our third album, the one we're listening to today. Okay. Third album. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Since, the, since the 21st century. Okay. Okay. The, the, the old days was po- Polygram? We started out in Twin Tone, then we went to Polygram, and then we were in A&M. Okay, okay. Man, I mean, you have nothing to say about those days, right, so much. It was just, yeah, uh, yeah everybody wanted, uh, I guess, the, the major leagues. Yeah, what I'm trying to say is my heart bleeds pink lemonade when I hear about how the industry suffered. Yeah, motherfucker. It's, uh, yeah, I like that phrase. I like that phrase. Jive motherfucker. Yeah, it gets to the point. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you get to the point. You're sick of talking about it, and yeah, then, yeah, and then you watch the the landscape now, or you put a you put a record out, and once Spotify gets it, it's like, well, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> I want to play social style lush. Yeah.
That's where I'll feel like a lonely ghost that can't depart. The halls where I love you. You're the lady of the rainbow. You're the lady of the light in the abandoned castle of my heart. That's where my love goes to die. Pale walls that separate. Whispers of endless love. These are the tales they tell. Exquisite ghosts that burn so cold. You wear the shadows well. For Pedro Show, last music for this edition. Suburbs, Social Style Lush, The Neural Outrage with Rough Ground, Man Out of Time from the Suburbs. I, I, I read a, bio, a biography on Nikolai Tesla called that. Margaret Chance. Oh, cool. Yeah, what a trip. Overall, from their new album, uh, Russian Roulette, and finally, The Abandoned Castle of My Heart, The Suburbs. Let, let me ask you about composing. With new standards, you twist up tunes to fit you and your, you know, your buddies. When you're writing for the theater, what, they give you a score, a script? And no, you got to come up with a score. So they give you a script? Of, uh, yeah. And then, with, yeah. and then with Suburbs, is Suburbs writing for them kind of like going back, like how you used to write when you first were writing songs? Exactly right. You're exactly right. It's so, like, it's my old 
method. It's my old blood. It's my old inspirations. You know, it feels, um, it's the kind of, it's, those are the songs that I get up out of bed and I walk down to the piano and, and start playing stuff from my dreams. You know, it's, it, there's no work to it at all. Wow. Okay. Okay. So, but those three ways of writing songs, composing and stuff, do they kind of inform each other or are they three separate worlds? You know, I think you can't help but get better, a little more sophisticated in your playing and your, you know, as you get older, you just can't help it. You just, you know, your muscles are, you just, you know, it's like playing hoops. You just, you, the more you play, you just, you can, you know, the better you get. So, yeah. So I think I've, it's a little bit of it seeping in, you know, some of the hard, harder, you know, uh, theoretical kind of work I do with the theater and stuff. And and honestly, learning other people's songs, like yeah. with the new standards, when you start doing covers, you know, I mean, you hope it just blows your what, mind. What, what, what? You go, oh. Chan, they're 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 more like interpretations. They're like not not top forty covers. No, 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 no. They are, but but still, I've got to understand what yeah, it is. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. I, I, and so I'm I I've just blown up my vocabulary by a thousand percent because now I know what Neil Young, you know, how he made that chord for after the Gold Rush, you know. Right, right. Something like that, you know. It's like I I get to understand other people more and then all of a sudden my songwriting i think it's gets better can't this osmosis you know yeah but you know you know they say three chord songs right ramones what yeah. about fucking harry nielsen lyman coke one chord but keep on chugling uh credence right well yeah i i if i can write a one chord song <laughs> I'm, I'm happy I have no interest in writing stuff just to be fancy. You know what I'm mean, saying? Right, right, right. I have no interest in that. I, I, I just want to express what I got to express at, at the time. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, 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 I like to. I'm getting to the point now. I don't work so hard. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't sit and practice and stuff like that as much as I used to. But. Um, but it's good to kind of get your, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure you do the same thing. You got to get your chops, you know, when you oh, go out. I play every do day. Gigs. Yeah. yeah. You got to work it. If you don't use it, you lose it. Right on. That's a great man once imparted upon me. And uh, where can people find you on the internet, Chan? Well, you can find me at chantollingmusic.com. Okay, people, C-H-A-N-P-O-L-I-N-G.com. And, you and that's got, got all the links yeah. to the, my all the bands and stuff. Right, right. And man, even new music from your theater stuff, man. Bring it, man. Come back on the show and let's talk about it. Oh, I'd love to. I'd yeah. love to, man. This means a lot to me. You know, that gig was 40 years ago, okay? Yeah. <laughs> man, I, and I, my mind is just like it was fucking last night. Yeah, we had a good time. We laughed our heads off the whole way back to Pedro, the whole 30 miles down to the no, harbor. That's good. We love the suburbs. Thank you so much awesome. for being on the show, Chan. Truly. Thank you, man. Thank okay. you. you know, I'm a huge fan, too. So thank you so much. Right back. People, it's been July 30, 2021. Dish Watt Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry.